I started this, um, my time with the Lord, or I got saved, um, the Lord came to me and um, I asked him, you know, what, what do you want this to look like? I mean, what is this supposed to look like? Because he was telling me to, you know, start the house of prayer. And um, so he took us on this journey. And I thought, you know, I've looked at some of these um, big preachers and teachers and I, I just thought, I don't know if I can do that. And he said, you know, I'm calling you to be a mom. You just be who you are. You're a mom. And that's really the very best thing that I believe that we can be is, is mom and dad. You know, the word says that we have, there are many teachers, but very few fathers. And so just to, to, to be able to share from our hearts um, the wisdom that we've learned over the years is really so valuable for the generations. You know, not just line upon line, scripture upon scripture which is all good and should flow out of us but really just teaching and training and loving our children and laying down our lives for them so that we're always preferring them over ourselves and 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 being there to encourage them um, one of the primary things that I learned about being a mother through being a mother and this is, and when I speak today about being a mom, and that's really what I want to talk about today, I'm not talking about women with children, just women with children. I'm talking about women in general because all women are created as mothers, whether you actually have physical children or not. Because you serve in the role of a mother and you mother people. They may be adopted children. They may be spiritual children. They may be a friend in need. You may actually be called to mother a sister, uh, which I was doing this past weekend. Um, so there are all the, a, a variety of ways that we are all called as women to be mothers. So it's not just a traditional way of, of giving birth. Um, but one of the primary roles I believe as a mother is to be an advocate for our children. That we really stand on their behalf because the world tries to tell our kids, they try to, the world tries to give them messages that actually are not true. And so there's messaging that's happening all of the time. And as moms, we're called to say, no, actually, that's not true. This is who you are. This is the identity of who you are and who you've been created to be. And so our job is really to continually stand before our children and love them and give them life through reminding them who God created them to be. The, the beauty in them, the loving kindness, the generosity, all of the attributes that we see in them and we begin to draw that out and remind them over and over again of who they are. Right? Right, moms? And I mean, it's just so, it's so wonderful because um, the more that we love our children, the more that they are able to know the love of God. And, um, and not just know the love of God, but receive the love of God. You know, I mean, it, it's so interesting how, how God pours his love out. And it's really, you know, when you look at the love of a mother and you look at the love of the father, what you're looking at is you're looking at the image of God. Because, because God made Adam 
in the garden and he made him in the image of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are going to make a man in our image. And within him was the, the attributes of God, the masculine attributes of God, but also the feminine attributes of God. And it wasn't until later on that he actually extracted um, the woman out of the side of man. And he said, I'm going to separate the feminine and the masculine forms or identity of myself, the image of God. I'm going to pull those two apart and they're going to represent me as separate images in the earth, one feminine and one masculine. And when those two come together, it becomes the perfect picture of the Godhead in the earth. Right? And so uh, there you've got Adam. And, and so it's interesting to me that he's hanging out with her as his helpmate and he calls her woman. Right? Hey, woman. He doesn't even give her a name until after the fall, right? Until after she's she's eaten, eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and, and God proclaims, you know, uh, the discipline uh, or, you know, the curse. And he says, okay, now listen, uh, I'm going to name you now. But before she was just called woman. Isn't that interesting? Whoa, man. Did God know what he was doing when he made you, right? So what does he name her? So we look at what God did and, and, and when God pronounced, okay, now that you've fallen, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put some structure in place to protect you. Okay, I'm going to put some laws in place. So now you're going to have to be externally ruled because you've fallen from the internal place of being led by the spirit. And so there's been a separation that comes. And so I am actually going to create the ultimate environment for you to grow and prosper. And that is in the environment of a family. So I am now you are going to have children and I'm going to bless you with children. And I find it so interesting what God did, because when when Eve ate of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil and it created the separation between man and God, God did the, the most incredible thing. He said, I am going to now give you children so that you can know my love in a way in the earth that you have lost in the garden which is the love of a child. And when you have a child and when you give yourself away in the attributes of a mother, in these feminine attributes, you give yourself away, you are going to feel whole. You're going to feel closer to me in that reality. And every woman in this room understands this because what did Adam name his wife? What did Adam name woman? But he named her Eve, which means life. So, so the nature now of a woman is actually to create life, to protect life, to sustain life, and to reproduce life everywhere we go. And we can tell that because a man can go and buy a house, but it takes a woman to make it a home. Amen, men? I mean, when I met John, he was eating cornflakes every night. Right? And I just was like, my goodness, that is so unfortunate. <laughs> he did have Mexican TV dinners, but when he ran out of those, it was cornflakes. It is.
is true. All right, so turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 49. Or turn in your cell phones, smartphones. You know, I told my uh, leadership, we were, um, uh, they were all sitting on the front rows. And, and, I'm, and here I am preaching, and I'm thinking, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. Why are you on your cell phones? Back, this was about five years ago. And um, so I said, you know, we need to have a rule. No cell phones on the front row. You guys quit texting. You guys quit checking Facebook or whatever. And they're like, we're reading the Bible. Oh, yeah, media. Yes, that's what it was. All right, Isaiah 49, 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your sons shall make haste, and, and your, destro your destroyers and those who laid you waste shall go away from you. Lift up your eyes, look around, and see all these that gather together and come to you. As I live, says the Lord, you shall surely clothe yourself with them all as an ornament and bind them on you as a bride does. So he's saying these children of yours that how can a mother forget the child that she nursed? How can a mother forget those that she has carried in her womb, who she has created? How can she forget them? He, God said, how much more can I not forget you? And then he goes on to say, I am going to clothe you in your children. You know, we look at our inheritance, especially as Americans, we look at our inheritance as being a financial inheritance. But that's not what the Word says. The Word says that our inheritance is our children. Those that we give ourselves away, we take what we have, the life that is within us, and we give that away and we sow that into the lives of others so that they can be strengthened, so that they can run the race, so that they never fall. You know, I remember I was, I, I first, I had my first daughter when I was 22. I was really just a child myself. And uh, I remember um, just the beauty of carrying another human being. <laughs> the beauty and the stretch marks. Come on, ladies. Can I just say an amen here? It was like, whoa, okay. I, my body is just getting every direction. I wasn't one of those really cute, petite, pregnant women that was all baby, right? I was just all... I look like a like a triangle. It, it was really unfortunate. But anyway, praise the Lord. The baby was there. Didn't remember the pain. God does that beautiful thing. But just the, I remember just the miracle of that birth and the miracle of that of of having a child, and um, and and how I understood so much about the love of God even when I had Ashley. So much more as the Lord began to increase our family. And then he brought John's children for me to love. And, and if, you've, if you've ever had an opportunity to love children 
that you may not have given birth to, I'm telling you, there are no feelings like that. I, I never felt any separation and there was never any difference for me, the, the children that I gave birth to and the children that God brought to me. They, in my heart, I carry them in my heart the same way. And then the spiritual children that the Lord's brought to me. And, and so it's, it's just the nature of a woman to want to, to, to increase and multiply and give life to others. That we would nurse them. That we would strengthen them and encourage them. Amen? You know, it's interesting because even as little girls, what do we do? We play with dolls. We play house. We, we actually begin as a child, beginning to develop the very thing that God created us to do. The very nature of God that we carry. The feminine aspect of God that we carry. The love of a mother is really a special kind of love. And I remember when I met John, he was a single dad. And he was really doing the best that he could. And he, I mean, he was, he was doing the kids' laundry. Here he was, he had four kids. He was raising four kids. Like I said, eating cornflakes. I don't know what they were eating, but he was eating cornflakes. He was doing their laundry. He was doing all of that, but there was something that he couldn't give to his children that was, that was distinctly feminine and distinctly nurturing. And so it was just such a blessing when uh, the two of us came together and um, and really just such a privilege and an honor to to be able to love his children. But there was there were those things that he just couldn't give them. And he even confessed to me, I can't do what you do. I don't have in me that thing that you have. Because when a mother or when a woman hugs her children, it's a completely different experience than when a father hugs them. There's something so soft and nurturing. And I can tell you that when I go to my place in prayer, I know when God is loving me with the feminine aspect of himself. Because I'm weeping, I'm, I'm, I'm having an encounter. He's drawing me up. E even he gave it. He said that John the Beloved laid on his breast. You know, he was, he's called the many-breasted one. He, there, are, there are ways that God nurtures us, and it's when he begins to say our name. And it comes in such a soft and subtle way. And all of a sudden, he begins to say, this is who I created you to be. This is who you are. Sasha, I love you. And he says our name, and it comes in a way so tender. And But then when he's coming to us in the attributes of a father, it's a strengthening and fortifying thing. And it causes us to be strengthened in a way that, that a mother can't do, right? It makes us feel safe and protected and covered. It makes us feel like we can run the race, like, they're, like we are part of a host of, of many uh, armies, right? And so we're just feeling that way, this, this strengthening, this champion of God, you know, that fathering thing. And then over here, we're feeling the loving kindness and the generosity of the heart of a mother. So really, God created the family that we would eventually be this witness in the earth of his attributes, the fullness of his attributes in nature. And, and you know, I just want to speak to this. It's one of the reasons why um, um, homosexuality is, is, is so heartbreaking to the Lord. 
it's not it's not sexual it's just that it, that a woman and a man together are the perfect representation of the nature of God and that and that and, and it can't you can't be seen um, and, and that can't be seen in the earth without that aspect of the feminine and the masculine attributes of the father and so that's the thing he's looking to reproduce that's the thing that he's looking to have a witness in the earth and so that's why family is so important to him you know when um, Vince spoke last week how many of you enjoyed Vince's talk about the five-fold ministry wasn't it so brilliant and I encourage you to get his book um, called the five um, you can get it on Amazon but he was teaching last week about the five-fold ministry, the, the offices that the Lord calls us to, apostolic, prophetic, pastoral, whether we're a teacher or an evangelist. And I love that. But really, the, the heart behind everything I do, even though I may be apostolic, prophetic, and those are my primary offices that I function out of, the heart of what I do is a mother. And so when I think about how I interact with other people my that never changes who I am never changes I'm coming to them as a mom I'm leading as a mom I'm not leading as as a prophet because this is who I am and now really even being a grandmother and for those of you who haven't experienced that yet I can tell you that God does the most incredible thing with grandchildren he, we may be we're a mother but and you would think that one generation removed from us would be one generation distanced in, in relationship but what the Lord does is he takes those grandchildren and he actually creates a, a, a closer relationship and connection with grandchildren than we even have with our children and he must do this there has to be something that he does in order to sustain the tribe because as they become more distant from us and I can't wait to see what my great-grandchildren how I'm gonna feel about them because I am stupid ridiculous crazy over my grandchildren and it's not because I don't change your diapers because I do change your diapers it's not because I don't because I'm with them all the time but there's just a love there that is so strong because because he, as much as you love your children it's your children's children how much more glorious as you see the generations reproduced moms come on You know, mothers function on several different levels of nurturing. <clears throat> and I just want for there to be a full appreciation of mothers in this house this morning. Because I, I actually saw a video. And they, the video was speaking to, to mothers and, and what mothers do. And there was an interview that was taking place. How many of you have seen it? Okay. So they're interviewing uh, by Skype all of these uh, people and they advertised in newspapers about this interview and this position and they said the position is actually for uh, uh, chief of operations so a COO so they've got all these very impressive I mean they're all dressed up in suits they're all being interviewed they're really taking this seriously and the interviewer is saying okay this is what I'm interviewing you for uh, 
here, here are all of the requirements for this job. So he begins to give them the job description. All right, this is what the job entails. You're going to be working around the clock. You're going to be working 24 hours a day. No breaks. And you will be doing this for free. On holidays, you can expect to your workload to double on holidays. And you don't get vacation. And uh, you never get a promotion. And the people, the response of the people is astounding. They're all like, whoa, wait, that's not right. One guy, one person said, that's inhumane. And so eventually he goes on and finally he says, do you know, there's always already somebody that actually has this job and um, actually there are several billion uh, uh, people that have this job and they're like, who would possibly do this? Who would, who would have this job? Who would say yes to, to this job that you're offering us? And then he said, it's moms, moms that never get a break. Moms that function at several different levels at one time. I saw a preacher one time and he was talking about the, the brains of a mother and the brains of a father, the brains of a woman and the brains of a man. And the brains of a mother, actually, they've done testing. It actually functions on several different levels and it's sparking in all different directions. But a brain of a man is very categorized. So they think in a very linear way, whereas women, we're thinking all the time and we're thinking about a thousand things at one time. And so the, the God created a woman to be able to run a house like a COO, right? To, to, and so we operate on several different levels. And so I actually wrote down uh, some of the things uh, that uh, women do. We are charged with watching um, our beautiful skinny bodies grow very large while creating a human in our body. We give up the right to our sleep. We wipe noses, we wipe tears, we wipe blood, we wipe poop. We comfort broken hearts, we listen to feelings, we carpool screaming kids, we give advice to hormonal teenagers, we throw parties, we make beds, we fold clothes, we balance a checkbook, we cook dinner, we shop for everything in our house, all the while looking fabulous. Come on. So, I mean, it, it's a big job, but you'll find, I, I, I was actually watching my daughter the other day, and she was in the kitchen, and she was cooking, and she had a baby on her hip, and she had one attached to her leg, almost like Velcro, and she was cooking, and she's cleaning, she's talking on the phone, so she's planning, she's having, she's functioning at several levels, and I'm thinking to myself, whoa, men. <laughs> Come on. So I just wanted to celebrate mothers this morning and I want to pray for everyone. I want to pray. I don't know if you had a good mom, you know, and we need to give moms a break because honestly, guys, our children did not come with an instruction manual. I mean, the Bible is good and it tells us how to live, but it would be nice to have an instruction manual that said, if your child does A, then C. If your child does C, then B. And it would be good to be like, here's how to make the perfect child. 
you know? Amen. But I, but the way to make a perfect child is to pray and go, oh, God, help me. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's really, that's, that's my wisdom that I can share with you this morning. Pretty good, huh?